This podcast is designed to show how we all sell by being human. And I'm really excited to highlight an event this summer that brings together salespeople who I believe are the very best at doing just that. This episode is brought to you by the Sales Success Summit, hosted by Scott Ingram, happening October 11th through 12th, 2021 in Austin, Texas. This is an event for sales professionals by the top sales professionals in B2B sales. I personally came to this event in 2019 as an attendee, and the amount of personal and professional growth I obtained as a result of attending it is truly massive. I met my coach and mentor. I found job opportunities, met Scott, met people who helped me launch this podcast, networked into the current job that I love. I attended some phenomenal sessions, and I really met some lifelong friends. You may think the number one salespeople at their companies are arrogant or cocky. I actually found the exact opposite was true. This event is run by salespeople that aren't just the top 1% at their companies. They're some of the best human beings that I know. I'll be attending it in person. And if you want to meet me, come hang out. Come join me by signing up at top one. That's T-O-P, the number one, dot F-M, and tell them I sent you. All right, now to the show. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us, they're not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang, definitely excited for this woman to come on the podcast. She is a writer. She's been an editor in career, another ghostwriter that we've had on the podcast, Um She's been in sales for a long time. She's a top 100 sales star, leadership fanatic. She's managed SDR sales teams and technology and just had tons of great positions in her career and now does a lot of consulting and coaching. I'm so excited to introduce none other than Tara Forstmeyer to the podcast. Welcome, Tara. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> I should have added, she's also a, a huge gator at heart. I live outside of Tampa and she's a, a Tampa native. So you can take the girl out of Tampa, but you can't take Tampa out of the girl. I don't think. What would you say, Tara? Never. Okay, <laughs> go never. Gators. Go yes. Gators, go Bucks, go uh, Lightning. You know, they're, yeah. they're up go there. Bolts. Yeah, go Bolts. You know, what I, I know, Tara, you're, you're going to be able to help teach some of the listeners is about communication and you've had lots of great roles. You've been copy editor at a sports desk. Uh, you've worked at publishing companies and um, all really honing your communication skills. So we'll get into that. I want to ask you a fun question just about you in the beginning for everybody to get to know you a little bit. So you said a quote on a podcast once you said, and I love this, and this is like some of the, just the core, just like basic stuff uh, about selling just yourself and, and all that. And it was something to the effect of you can be serious about what uh, you do without being serious about who you are. Tara, how have you found yourself doing just what you said, uh, doing that in the past year or so? Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, that's a really fun quote because I think a lot of it comes from, you're right. I think just who I am as a human. 
And uh, one of the core values when I was with Gravy is we don't take ourselves too seriously. And so that was something that really resonated me, not only when I was working there and on staff there, but I think just that's how I've always approached work and life is uh, I spent a good part of my early years in my career just trying to be someone I wasn't, trying to be very, you know, formal and rigid. And I'm an editor and I'm a professional. And so you want to exude that, especially in your early 20s when you're just trying to find your way and you're like, oh gosh, I want to be seen as, you know, this adult and this grown up and mature and, uh, you know, maybe kind of put that facade forward. And so what was happening was I was just becoming like a very serious person, especially outwardly. And if you know me or people who know me very well know that I am not a very serious person, I can be very serious again. And I do, I love approaching my work seriously. I take it seriously, especially what I do for uh, my clients and how uh, I approach just all kinds of work. Like I'm very passionate about it. I'm very serious about it, but I think you can do both. I think that what happens is sometimes we, we try to blend the two. Or we try to separate them so furiously that it's either, hey, I'm in camp super serious or I'm in camp silly and you can't be taken seriously. And I don't think that either of those are truly who most of us are. I feel like there's a blend between the two for for most of us. You know, some people are going to be on one side a little bit more. But for me, it was coming to grips with the fact that um, I can do and take what I do very seriously. And I kind of get in the zone where I'm like, don't bother me. You know, like I just got to truck through it. But outside of that, I don't want to take who I am seriously. I don't want to be uptight, rigid, unapproachable, or, you know, think that what I'm doing is so life or death because it's not, (laughs) it can feel like it, that I'm just not really the person that I feel like I genuinely am. And more importantly, I want to make sure that anybody I'm connecting to or working with feels completely at ease and relaxed and uh, knows that I'm going to take, again, what I do for them very seriously, but that uh, I'm not going to be a very serious person. I'm going to be approachable and relatable and lighthearted because that's who I genuinely am. Yeah. I think, you know, when you use words like approachable and you want people to feel good uh, around you, I think sometimes we lose sight about how important that is because, you know, we get so focused on just transferring knowledge or value to people and really kind of educating people. And if people get the slightest hint that you're just kind of like a drone or a, a robot or just kind of like, you know, like you're you're just a a corporate suit or something like that, they're just like they they want to deal with real people. So like I also heard, heard it put in a way like you know, there's a difference between corporate and being professional. You know, like corporate, you can only communicate what the company wants people to know. And being professional is like you can actually communicate who you are while still communicating what the company wants uh, people to know. And so it's like just kind of towing that line. It's like it's not either or. It's how you kind of find ways to um, like insert some some of who you are into conversations. Is that kind of what you're thinking about? No, totally. And I like that difference between like corporate and professional because I was definitely trying to be very corporate, you know, and. And I think even professional can kind of get uh, lost in the shuffle sometimes where it's like, oh, I don't want to be professional. And I'm like, no, you do. Like anybody who wants to have a certain, you know, I don't want to say persona, but a certain level of trust and believability, they need to have some kind of professionalism, but not in the way that I do think mixes it up with corporate. I think it's almost if we can sub professional for um, believable for, you know, expert, a trusted expert, advisor, 
again, kind kind of coming back to like, Hey, someone who knows their stuff and I can trust them with uh, taking care of me, whether it's a service, a product, whatever it is. And they're going to do it in a way that upholds, you know, my needs and my wants. And that's where I think you can be professional and advance your career and do all those great things. But you're right. I think blending or, you know, towing that line of not being too corporate to where you do, you lose that ability to connect, ability to truly help. Because I think when you're putting forward a, a corporate persona, ultimately it's about you and your needs at the end of the day. It's not about the other person and seeking their needs because it's, hey, corporate above everybody else and everything else. So that really means I need to hit my KPIs and my job and my role above yeah. everything else. Whereas if you're presenting it as a you know professional or trusted advisor, it's it's more of that helper role where I know my stuff and you can trust me but I'm really here for you. And so I think that's where you can kind of feel like, Hey, am I, am I being too corporate or am I being professional? Yeah, no, I like that. Cause yeah, it's obviously all not ever, ever (laughs) about you. It's about the other person you're talking with. I always like to ask guests kind of like, you know, what they learned, how they became the person they, they are, you know, just kind of, you know, simply, and you, you do a lot of work. You've had a lot of roles in editing and also in sales, but like early on, you've had to have seen great communicators in your life. At least I imagine you've, you've seen it done well, you've seen it done maybe where people struggled. I'm curious, kind of like growing up, where did you see that being good at communication could help you maybe even at a young age? And where did you see people struggle and where did you see like an opportunity to, you know, Hey, this is something maybe I want to uh, pursue and, and, and maybe as a passion of mine? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, something I haven't thought of uh, too far away from now, I just actually was visiting my family in Tampa and uh, my uncle, my aunt and uncle were both senior vice presidents of a Bank of America there. And I grew up extremely, extremely close to them. I'm still very close with them. But uh, my uncle specifically was, he was a sales manager there and he was one of the best speakers and writers I've ever met. And so I remember sitting at the dining room table and we lived four houses down from them. So I grew up very close with them. And, uh, you know, since he wasn't my dad, which is always helpful, you do at the kind of that middle school age, you need another adult influence in your life. And so I became very close with them and his writing and specifically his communication style, his speaking, how he always, always listened to me. He never treated me. Even you're talking 11, 12, 13, like I was less than, and that was something that still has stuck with me to this day, that no matter how old someone is, that's why I love working with, especially like fresh out of college and SDRs, it doesn't matter. You've got an intrinsic worth and value, but you've also got something to say. And he would teach me not um, by saying, here's a course or here's a guy, but just through his example of how he led his team, uh, how he would um, help me write things and how I would bring him my papers and we'd go over them. And I actually wrote a paper about wanting to be a writer one day because he was a writer too. So that I think laid the foundation, um, watching him carefully lead a very successful team at Bank of America, but then also how he used his skills to not only uh, verbally and or, you know be a public speaker, but also be a writer and then translate that to effectiveness and worth as a young girl who is just kind of finding her way and her voice, you know, again, middle school, dear Lord, (laughs) we all need help then. And just really treated me with so much value, but you're right. It was the communication that he used both in helping me learn how to communicate well and speak and write, 
but then also just how he treated me as a human, no matter my age. And he didn't try to belittle my thoughts or say, Hey, this is, this is child's play. Like he really valued me using my voice and my aunt did as well. And so I think I learned very clearly early on that we should value everybody. But then as I grew knowing like, Hey, I, I love to write. I always have, I, I loved writing, you know, creative stories. I would make up stories. <laughs> I was one of those kids that journaled from a very early age. I didn't call it journaling. I think we called it dear diary, you know, back in the day and write all my thoughts and And so I think that I knew that that set me apart because a lot of kids kind of abandon that when they're young, but it was something that I still do to this day is I just get very comfortable with my thoughts and letting them fly and write. And then as I kind of got older, just knowing like that, not everybody was like that. Not everybody always had a pen and paper, but what this was before, you know, computers or a thing or everybody had a, a personal computer. And growing up too, whenever you give reports or being in school, it was definitely like the confident speakers and writers. And I wanted to be that, uh, set themselves apart from those who just kind of struggled. And I did struggle public speaking for a while, but that was something I always saw, like, that's what I want to be really good at. I just don't want to be nervous because I want to be myself. Yeah. It's definitely a huge skill to be able to put your thoughts down on paper because people are afraid of like, you know, even their, their own thoughts, not sounding right to themselves. Like someone's going to find it and think it's terrible, but it's like, how can you actually articulate them if, if they just stay in your head, you know, and, and they're probably good actually, or it doesn't even matter like what they are. It's just, you know, they're yours, you know? So I think some of the hardest thing is, is for people to like find their own voice. And maybe that's a great way. Like if you're listening to this and you've never done it, like you have a quick thought, jot it down on a, you know, in your notes in your phone or just start writing, you know, and then you'll see some themes maybe develop and connect some themes and and start finding it. Curious, like if you just had to define, you know, what is great communication and what did your uncle do? What are like the keys, like couple things that you would like tell people to concentrate on when they're trying to be a great communicator, whether it's verbal, written, podcast, LinkedIn, whatever, like if you could just distill it down to a couple of things, what are you constantly thinking about when you're trying to communicate messages? Yeah. Great question. And, you know, it's interesting when I think about it because verbal communication and written communication, they are different. They're, you know, your brain processes them differently as you're receiving them. But the biggest thing that undergirds all of it is connection. When you are communicating, uh, you know, you're not trying to talk at, you're talking with someone. And so that's communication because a lot of people speaking and language isn't necessarily communicating. So it's okay. I can, I can actually audibly hear you, but am I, am I understanding you? You know, am I connecting with what you're saying? So aiming to connect with the person on the other end of that, whoever's receiving that communication, you know, and in sales, it's, it is, it's the, what's in it for the other person. It's literally starting about thinking about and ending with the other person in mind. And whether that's an audience, you know, cause if you're giving a presentation, you're not necessarily having a dialogue, but what if you were having a dialogue and what if you can kind of have a dialogue, even if it's you're speaking to that one person, you know, there's always the rule of one, which is very important in communication as well, is you're not trying to appeal to exactly the broad audience. You're appealing to one ideal person. Again, your ICP for most of us, but just get in mind one person, you know, and speak to them, connect with them. Obviously there are little tips like smile, (laughs) breathe, slow down. I'm the worst. Sometimes I can talk so fast 
but that's okay too, because there's also just like how you want to vary your length. Um, and when you're writing, you want to do different sentence structure just to keep your reader interested. Same is true with your tonality, with your pace of language, you know, slowing down, or if you're like, oh, this is important. Pause. And then you get really excited you know, and you talk louder sometimes as you're trying to communicate. And the whole thing, the whole reason is not to say, okay, I'm going to script out everything that I say, write, do, but you want to convey passion. And most of all, you want to connect with that other person on a level that says, Hey, you can trust what I'm saying. I'm believable. I know what I'm talking about, or even, Hey, even if I don't, this is something that has impacted my life. This is a story. This is something that is personal to me. And maybe just maybe it will resonate with you because it's always about the you on the other side. And I think so often when we're writing, we do. That's why journaling is important because you should have time with just you talking to you. You should have time for your own thoughts. You should have a place to process that, to have a you know internal dialogue. But when it comes to actually presenting that outwardly, whether you're talking to a prospect, whether you're doing a one-on-one with your boss, whatever it is, being able to articulate things in a manner that connects with the other person and that helps move them to whatever kind of action that you're desiring them to do or even not do. Even if it's, hey, just sit and think about this. Actually, I don't want you to reply because I just want to give you this value. I just want to give you this podcast. I just want to do whatever, but you're still requiring some sort of action or inaction. So making sure you're connecting making sure you're varying things up to keep the person interested, and then making sure you're always looking through the lens of what's in it for them. So starting and ending with that, and then, you know, sandwiching in the middle with the educational piece that they need to understand about you. Yeah. Oh, that was so well said. I think if I'm talking with you, Tara, anyone, I'm always just trying to figure out kind of like the person that's on the other side. And I say person because like, there's so many things about Tara. I'm not going to find out anything, everything about you, but I just, I do want you to feel like, you know, he is curious about me. Like there is only two people in the room, even if we're supporting a whole team of people and whatever we're doing is, or maybe buying could affect other people. You know, it's very easy to get distracted and, you know, thinking about your day and things like that. But the more I can get people to kind of just sit and like, okay, we're going to give each other time. That's a big thing. Time is currency. Like if we're going to spend time together, let's make the other person feel like it's worth my time or you are worth my time, Mm -hmm. like any amount of time. And doesn't matter who you are. If we're giving each other time, we have to be, you know, leading with the assumption that no matter what the person is, is worth it to us, you know, and making (laughs) them feel that. So tell me a little bit about kind of, I was going to say the last couple of years, but I think a lot's changed with you maybe in the last year or so. Like you, you know, you were heading up a, a sales team, uh, SDR team, I believe at, at Gravy, you know, a software company. And, and now we're kind of, you know, helping people branding themselves and, and with sales as well. So, you know, talk a little bit about maybe what the last couple of years have brought to you because a lot of change has happened and maybe what you've learned yourself in the last couple Mm -hmm. of years. Yeah. So I will say the last, I mean, goodness, the last three years have been like just one of the best rides of my life. Um, You know, when I left my former role, I was in ministry and I was in leadership and I love people. I mean, clearly it's like, you know, that if anybody knows me, you know that, and it's, it's true. I'm like, I can't help it. I'm a, I'm a people junkie, you know? So I left that role just, it was, you know, it was time. And I went to work for gravy 
And it was so fun because I think I was like, you know, maybe eight or nine. I wasn't even full-time when I started. And I started as a sales assistant to just uh, just do some things kind of part-time, just get my feet wet, um, moving out of a just really intensive ministry position into something. I was like, I just need a break. I just had a, my third baby, but quickly realized like, oh my gosh, I'm in love with this. <laughs> and so, you know, begged Casey to take me on full-time. No, that's not really how it works, but kind of. And so as gravy started, I mean, we were teeny tiny, you know, more positions started opening up and I moved really quickly into our marketing department to work with Britain, who's there still their VP of marketing. It's just one of those wild rides as, as anybody who's in a startup knows where you just wear 800 hats, you know, you may have a title, but it's like, okay, this, but also like, we need to try these 58 other things. And, uh, one of the very first things that we tried was really the SDR role. And, um, I had ne- like, that's the funniest thing ever too. Cause I'm like, I didn't even know what this was. <laughs> so I was like sales. Huh? And it wasn't like, Hey, you're an SDR. I was doing partnerships and I was reaching out, you know, to just kind of try to uh, work on that little piece of the business and get that up and going. Um, but at the same time, just started reaching out to, you know, prospects and uh, lo and behold, it was like my first four messages. And I think I booked like three or four meetings. It was like pretty instant and immediate. And, and, you know, it's one of those things that goes up like, wait, hold up, what's going on? How is this working? And then you just kind of keep going, but it was never really a full part of my job. It was just one of like the 50 things I could do. But once, you know, we realized, Hey, this is actually an effective growth tool. Then I settled into that and then was able to just figure out strategies and literally build really from scratch and just kind of almost reverse engineer what I was doing naturally. (laughs) I didn't have scripts. I didn't have a mentor. I, like I said, I didn't even know what it was, which just cracks people up. I was just literally like, Hey, if I'm going to reach out to people, which I love doing, remember I love people. I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to do it in a way that um, affirms them, that connects with them, that does not scale, (laughs) but it shows care and concern because I really do. I'm like, I really care about you needing our service, you know, and this would be great for you, but doing it in a way that just felt genuine to me, that didn't feel forced or rushed, or um, like, I'm just checking off boxes or clicking buttons, you know? I know that I had the benefit of that. I don't try to say this is what you should do or anybody else, but considering we were an experimental stage, I did have the benefit of just saying, Hey, basically there's no rules here. I wasn't following a rule book or a playbook. I was just creating my own as I go, which again is kind of my personality. So it fit well, but then I realized as we were building the team and and really putting processes down and figuring it out. And again, this was two years ago. So things have changed a lot since then. Um, They've grown up a lot. But as I was beginning, you know, it was really about how can I connect with the other human? How can I move them to action through my words and through writing really effective pitches? I wouldn't call them pitches, but just copy outreach and then following up with video. I moved, you know, voice notes, just making everything as personable and connectable as I could. Because again, if I'm going to do something, I want it to feel genuine. I don't want it to feel like I'm just reaching out to you because you're the next name on my list of 10,000 names I've got to reach out to. It just didn't feel good to me. And again, not that there's anything wrong, but for me to have been in that seat, that's how I approached it. And then uh, building a team from there was just my ultimate joy. And I still think kind of the the pinnacle of my career was our first few hires and training them and getting to lead them and see them grow and change and then see the department grow and change and then eventually hand it off to people who are making it even bigger and better 
as I transitioned and then eventually transitioned on gravy to uh, just do my own uh, freelance writing and, and ghost writing and take, just kind of take that and see where it's going. So really taking like the one piece that I really excelled at and connecting and communicating and writing, you know, as an editor and as that being my background and now doing that for other people is again, like that's kind of my joy is always seeing other people shine. And now I get to help them do that through um, writing with them or for them. So it's been, it's been a crazy wild ride, but I have grown and stretched and failed and all, you know, and tried again. And this isn't like rainbows and fairy tales. It is hard stuff. But uh, I think what I learned, well, I know what I learned is I, I forever love connecting with people genuinely. And I love seeing other people soar and shine and doing things in a way that feels good for them too. Awesome. The whole time you're talking, I'm like thinking, okay, I, I got to know, like, I'm thinking like people listening, like, what did she do? Like, what are these emails? Like, I, I you know, I want to copy, you know, and paste, but it's again, going back to the beginning, like finding who you are, your voice. But if you could give people like, maybe if you could look back at like a framework, you think of yeah. what works, I don't, I'd like to take both maybe for email. And then like, when you post stuff on LinkedIn, it's very concise. It's very like, kind of, you make your points very succinctly. So yeah, curious, maybe if you want to take both those two things, like what you're doing on email and LinkedIn, maybe why you think, uh, or how you think those personal frameworks uh, were effective, what they look like. Yeah. So it's funny looking back at, um, so we did all of our prospecting on Instagram. So a lot of people don't know that, but that's really fun because that's where our ICP was, you know, our gravy is actually, it's a service. And it really served, especially, well, it serves now all subscription-based, you know, SaaS, personal brands, courses, course creators, anybody who has recurring revenue in their model. If you've got any kind of membership, any subscription, Gravy can handle any failed payment that happens when a credit card just, you know, declines, defaults, changes, all that kind of stuff. It's funny because like the service is really like a back-end SDR because they reach out personally to people. They're not putting people in automated emails and dunning software and all that, that they're actually doing what we do, you know, kind of at the front. So that's really fun. So in order to do that, I wanted to make sure that, Hey, this is genuine and effective and actually highlights what we do by doing it when I initially reached out. So, um, some of the just basic things that on Instagram, you can see people's you know profile, you can see a lot about them. So, um, I was very personal And I always started talking about the other person, you know, now it's like, that's a given, but that was kind of revolutionary three years ago. Not everybody really did that, but I was like, I'm going to make it relevant. I'm going to make it personal. And so I would spend time researching my prospect, you know, just their business was their profile. So a lot of personal brands, a lot of um, course creators were um, run their business on Instagram. So I'd reach out to them and uh, it was very much here's what I admire about you. And it was genuine. Again, anybody can read through the fluff. So if it was something that I did not really think that was great, I wouldn't say that, but I would always find some nugget because if you're looking for the positive, you can find it. I'm telling you, people are just interesting people, you know, and I'm fascinated. So I was always able to find something that was genuine just to capture their attention and say, Hey, I've spent my time on you. And that's, what's the important thing. It's not actually about oh, it's this exact wordplay, or it's using this exact uh, phrase. All you're doing is communicating. You are worthwhile. You're important. 
I have taken time out of my life to spend time thinking about you and doing my research, which is the point of it. It's again, it's not like, hey, I see you went to XYZ school and uh, no, it's, hey, I'm taking time to get to know you. And so I would do that. And then, so I would try to like affirm something cool. And then I would educate. I need to tell them what we do and how it can help them. So that's that middle part, that sandwich that everybody needs to have. And then I would end with a super soft, and this is something I grew in, you know, I was like, I didn't nail the CTA at all at first, you know, but I grew more and more of um, a very soft uh, next step, which was very, Hey, would love to continue the conversation, you know, and if you're interested, would love to chat stuff like that. And that grew as I grew. And then sometimes I still kind of kept it soft and it would work. Other times it would be a little more direct, you know, just depending again on who they were, because I would really try to tailor the language to them. I would use emojis. I would use if it's girls and I would try to model my language by how they posted. And if they use lots of emojis and exclamations, then I would, I'm a natural emoji and exclamation person, but I'm not going to put that in everything. But if I'm reaching out to somebody who's getting more corporate, more professional, then I would tighten that up and just try to, again, affirm them by honoring them by saying, Hey, I'm going to speak to you how you want to be spoken to, but still communicating my own personality in there and being a real person. And I can't tell you how many times people would come out. I don't need you, but I love you you kind of thing. Like I love what you're doing. And if we ever need gravy, like totally there because I left an impression, you know, and I was like, well, dang it. I didn't book a call, but that's okay. Cause they'll come back, you know? And so that to me is just as important as booking the meeting, so to speak. Yeah. Um, same way. People will remember people that are actually like showing them that they're, you know, again, putting in that time. And even if they don't need something now, like that's doesn't mean they won't ever need it. And um, they would rather probably, I'm sure, work with somebody that's investing that time in them versus just another name on, you know, Googling someone that doesn't feel personal at all to them. They'll refer their friends. That was another great thing. Yeah, there you go. You know, it's like, no, I don't, but I'm in a mastermind with five other people and this would be great. Or, or more importantly, it's like, okay, you have done something that has actually made my day and it doesn't have to take long. Like I wouldn't spend an hour. I went like, it was boom, boom fast, you know, but when you're looking for those things and you're really genuinely communicating that in a way, it leaves an impression and it does move people toward action, which at least is responding. I'm like, Hey, that's a win. <laughs> so. Yeah. So everybody, yeah. Just what Tara said, like kind of affirm, you know, show them, you, you know, them in the, in the beginning, educate them, like why it's relevant. Don't just like say that you kind of saw something about them. Like why should they care, make it worth their time and caring. And then at the end, just, Hey, would it, you know, soft ask, not like, you know, Hey, um, do you have time this time? And, you know, Hey, if, if it sounds like something you can use, maybe we should, we should talk or would, would you be open to talking or would it be worth your time? Or would you be game? Something like that. And, you know, see what happens. I mean, people we are not pushing and it's like, Hey, this person's actually, Tara's actually making me feel decent about reading this. I almost feel bad that I can't use her. Let me see if I can help her, you know, almost. So Cool. Well, you know, we're getting towards the end. Tara, anything that like, you know, you kind of want to leave people with just kind of in terms of like, we're doing this to really say like, everybody is selling. It's Mm -hmm. not just salespeople. You know, now that you're doing more kind of consulting, I mean, you were in sales for a long, long time. For that Mm -hmm. person that maybe just feels like their title isn't in sales, 
I'd have to take a course. I should really learn it. But they don't realize that they're doing it with things maybe would you um, kind of advise them with just to kind of maybe tap into your human approach to sales, what it is that you know you do well without even realizing it. Yeah. So I think the first thing is, is to read non-sales books, you know, is that sales is really, like you said, it's human. It's human to human. I did not have any formal training. There was no, which I'm not against, like I should <laughs> at some point I did, but really the, the way it worked for me. And I think the way it works for a lot of people is to focus on the human to human connection and to focus on moving people toward action, you know, because again, you're not necessarily, I mean, yes, I'm approachable and warm and I love that. I do have really great friends in my life and I've had clients who have become friends, all that. But when you're, you're talking about selling, you're not just trying to, okay, well, I mean, you know, I, I need to become friends with this person. It's not that it's, you just want to make a connectable, a really low barrier entry for them to make a next step and to show that mm-hmm. you actually care about them making a next step. So this isn't, I need to make a huge deposit in who they are, but you do need to understand people. You need to understand that people care about themselves and that's okay. Like there's no judgment there, but it's just how we're wired and it's who we are. So I always say, start with how to win friends and influence people. It's like, to me, sales 101. And that will translate into everything you do because everybody is in sales. Everybody is, whether you're trying to sell your boss on an idea, you're trying to sell your kids on eating their vegetables, you're trying to, you know, you won't call it sales, you'll call it persuasion, but really you're trying to move people toward action. And that's really what sales is at its heart. That's what marketing is. That's what all of us do. So no matter what role that you're in, what role you move into in next, and I'm saying absolutely, you know, I was not uh, per se in a closing role. So there are some definite skills that if you are in a closing role that, Hey, you need to brush up on and you need to make sure, but I'm always like, well, you close the next step, you know, whatever that is, wherever you are, even if you're in client success, uh, you may be trying to close a renewal. You may be trying. So looking at it, even in that way and changing language around what you're actually doing as an action. And then just saying, okay, how can I move them toward that? in the least, I guess, in the most helpful manner. And so when people see you as that, they're all of a sudden, you're not going to feel like you're selling. You're going to feel like I'm moving you toward what needs to be done for your benefit and for mine. It's a very mutually benefit thing. So I think just kind of removing any of the stigma that you may have in your, your head around selling or around, it needs to be this big formal thing, or it needs to be all of that, when you're starting out, I think is important is just looking at it as, Hey, how can I connect with other people? And then as you go also recognizing like, okay, I need you know, some hard skills. I need a consultant. I need a trainer. I need whatever it is I need. And then don't wait for people to give it to you. You just go out and get it as you are hitting roadblocks. And as you're hitting just things in your career that you're like, Hey, I need to upskill in this area so that I am the most helpful to the other person, as well as to my company and to my role. Yeah. You know, you're making me think of something there. I'll just kind of end off. It's like, so often we think like, I'm doing this for this person or for the the other person's benefit. I don't understand. Like I'm doing everything that they need and want. And you're just like, I don't know why it's not working. If something's falling off the races, uh, off the rails, instead of thinking like, instead of thinking I'm doing this for someone, it's like, again, back to the beginning of what you said, like sales, it's all just, you know, if you simplify it down to the core, just what you said right there, I'm doing this with the other person because of what I've heard them say and what they've told me that like their business is. So it's instead of for it's with, and because of, 
you know, something I've, I've learned about them. And, you know, when people again, feel that connection, again, it's not, it doesn't feel like a sale. We can call it sales. Absolutely. But it feels just good. It just feels like you, you feel right being with this other person because they, they have your best interests at heart in the end. So we could talk for days. I, I just love kind of how you look at it. And um, it is, it is something we're doing all the time, but maybe not stopping to realize that, oh, wait, maybe those little things that I did, we were working together and I didn't even realize it, but we were. So maybe I would just say, kind of look for those things in your life where when you talk with people, you were both committing to things with each other, maybe without realizing it. And those were maybe little tiny, you know, sales, but you can feel good that you actually know how to do it. Cause Tara, yeah, no tra- <laughs> self-taught, <laughs> self-made uh, in, in uh, a great career at that. Tara, last question is a fun question about you. And it's um, because we all, we're, we're talking about the person, the people that we all are and not being too serious. So I, uh, the one question I ask all my guests is, what is something or an event that it's just something, if you think back to it in your life, if I asked your husband, your friends, something, what is something or an event that could only and would only happen to Tara Horsmeyer? And, you know, something that's just totally Tara. And, you know, you told me before the call, you're a Tampa native at heart. So maybe there's a fun Gasparilla story in there somewhere, but maybe just something we, maybe that's, you know, for a, a an X-rated podcast. Right, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. For those of you that don't know Gasparilla, it's like where, you know, New Orleans Mardi Gras meets yeah. like pirate ships. And so like, yeah, you know, fun party, by the way, but um, oh, anyways. Yeah. So fun. Well, um, I mean, speaking of parties, like I love a good party. If you know me, you know that very well about me. I definitely <laughs> love to be the life of the party. I love to have my love to host them. I mean, this is not a fun to hear story, but it's actually hysterical right now. I think because we we can laugh about it now, Let's but it. Uh, gosh, what was it? a year ago, March, everybody remembers that we were actually going to host a, a really fun housewarming party. We just finished doing our basement. It was big. We moved out furniture from our main level. We hired a DJ, <laughs> everything wow. that you can imagine. I mean, we turned our, um, and our best friends and our neighbors there, uh, the white, like her family's literally in Ireland right now. So they sent us, it was going to be St. Patrick's day, all this Irish fair. So we turned the basement into a pub and, oh my gosh, stocked everything. We were going to have an absolute blast. I mean, over well over a hundred people, um, were coming and, uh, amazing. Like I said, we took out all the furniture, dance floor, you know, the whole thing, whole nine yards had flyers around the neighborhood. So nobody would, you know, call the cops. We're going to have fun. And then two hours before the party, this is so me. I called it off because it was literally March 14th, I guess, whatever that third or Saturday, I think it was 13th or 14th. I think it was 14th. Wow. And I had to call everybody and say, we're not having the party. <laughs> so I had to cancel because I care about people. And I was so like, oh my gosh, if something happens, this COVID thing, you know, so it was, I don't want to say it was a disaster, but kind of the joke around our circle and people were, you know, <laughs> Not where were you, but where were you when the Horse Myers called off their uh, day party? And that's when like everybody was like, oh my gosh, like it was oh, it's real. Like it's real. And it's now, I mean, I'm definitely not making light of it. It's impacted oh, our life, impacted our world. Yeah. And it yeah. was. 
but the right um, thing. yeah, but us kind of moving on the other side, like people are starting to ask again, Hey, are you guys going to redo, you know, the party? And I'm like, guys, next year, hopefully March, 2022, we'll be in much better shape. And, you know, God willing, everything goes smoothly over the next six months. But that is a very Tara story of the most epic party that never happened. And, you know, we, we love to tell and uh, clearly we're excited to get on the other side where we can celebrate kind of a new beginning and still have our friends and family and gather. And uh, I'm really excited about that. But that's kind of uh, me in a nutshell of, you know, it could have been a great time, but I can't imagine if, you know, things had gone AWOL or, you know, anything like that. It's like, you got to do the right thing. Even when it's the hard thing and even when you want to do the fun thing, you still got to do the right thing. And so it was the best call, but uh, it's still kind of the the neighborhood or the, you know, circle little joke around here of, oh my goodness, <laughs> I That's can't funny. believe I actually called it off. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> you care about people and you like to party. And I'll just add, you know, it's the greatest party that hasn't happened yet. You know, yeah. so, um, you know, maybe I could be lucky enough to be in the Atlanta area. You know, <laughs> 2022, it's going to be on. Put it on your calendars. <laughs> Anyways, Tara, it's been fun talking to you. Where can people, you know, kind of uh, show you their person that they are and give them a fun story and connect with you after yeah. this is done? Awesome. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. You know, most people can find me at Tara Horsemeyer. And my new website is actually going to be launching uh, next week. So it's um, Happy Word Sell and it's happywordsell.com. Pretty easy. And, uh, you know, my little, my little venture is Happy Words, which is nice. a fun story. We'll get into another time, but uh, we do uh, ghostwriting and just writing services for busy professionals because not everybody's got time for that, but I do. And I love to help. Cool. Cool. Well, um, yeah, you know, we'll have, you know, information where people can find you afterwards. Tara Hortzmeyer, it's been so happy to, to talk to you and just kind of uh, learn and get some stories from you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Alex. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.